201-939-4513 is the telephone number. You can also interact with us on Twitter, hashtag Giants Chat. A reminder, Big Blue Kickoff Live presented by Coors Light. Download the Coors Live Awards app to win amazing Giants prizes. So today is the tag deadline at 4 p.m. Eastern. Sounds Every like team, a sale. Yes, has an opportunity <laughs> to place the tag on at least one player. It does come off as that. Well, it yeah. is the shopping season that we're nearing. It's a very in terms expensive of free price tag. It is very expensive, it. yes. Uh, you don't get too many bargains when it comes to that. So we'll get into that. We're nearing the start of free agency, as I mentioned. Jeff will weigh in and his thoughts on the combine, which we talked a lot about yesterday, and we'll get to your phone calls Good. and tweets. So a lot to tackle over this next 60-minute period. Let's start before we get to your thoughts and feedback on the combine, Jeff. As I mentioned, the tag deadline is today, and there was a lot of speculation that you know we could see as many of 10 players wind up getting the tag, and it was interesting because teams are going to wait as close to the deadline as possible, Jeff, and the rationale being, why give a player a tag if you can hammer out a long-term deal? Yeah. There's no point. Well, you know, the, the, initial, <laughs> the initial thing with this tag, this franchise tag, was so that people, back when they first started it, was that so that you could hammer out a long-term deal and you had a certain time to do it and you know because you you didn't want to you didn't want to let the player go to free agency but you didn't have enough time to really because uh, you didn't know what the cap was going to be set at back in the day they didn't know how much of this or that so they put the tag on so that you could carry it out a little further and and work out a long-term deal well now it seems that these these teams are they're not doing that they're just tagging the guy i mean look at kirk cousins they these guys go ahead and they end up playing on the tag Right, I mean, and then he, and Demarcus Lawrence is another guy that they just tagged again multiple times. Correct. So, um, yeah, so it, it does. It's just, it's meant to be able to to try to hammer out a long term deal in the long run. Well, and the other thing that's important to note related to what you just brought up, Jeff, the tag, and this is written into the rules. It's not meant to retain a player so you could shop them. Correct. That, that's, that's what I was saying. Which is exactly yeah. what you were laying yeah. out. I, I just yeah. wanted to throw it out in yeah. different terms because I think a lot of fans view it as, well, do everything you can to hold on to the player. But if you have no intent of signing the player long term, there's rules in place that deny a team from going that direction. That's why the Eagles did not tag Nick Foles because deep down inside, everybody knew the Eagles weren't going to retain Carson Wentz and Nick Foles. Mm -hmm. If anything, they want something in return for Nick Foles, which is understandable, yeah. but it's not put into place so you can hold on to a player, shop him around, and then get assets in return. Correct. That's not the point of it. Yeah, it's not fair, and that's just exactly what you don't want it to have happen. But, you know, listen, the, the whole Landon Collins thing and, and, you know, with the tag and the deadline and those kinds of things, it's very difficult for us to sit here and talk about when we don't know a lot of the answers because we're not in the organization deep enough to understand what their rationale and what their thinking is. You know, there's also the transition tag that could be that could be initiated at, by four o'clock today, too. But will they go with that? I don't know either, because the transition tag gives you the opportunity now to match anybody else's offer, which you kind of have read between the lines here that the Giants are not going to franchise tag Landon Collins. There's going to be a market for him that's probably going to pay him the 13 or 14 million that he wants. And, it, and when you don't franchise Landon Collins as, a, as, the, as the Giants, you're saying, I don't want to pay him that type of money. So if you're going to transition tag him and say, you know what, we'll match the deal. Well, he's to match the deal is probably going to cost them 13 or 14 million regardless. So that's probably why they won't transition in my opinion. And I think that the, uh, the franchise tag, again, I don't have the answers, but to me, it just sounds like that. I know this organization well enough. And I know that I've been around the block a lot of times doing my own contracts. Teams set a price on a player and they don't move from it. They will not move for it unless there's a dire need for them and that they can afford it. There's not a, there is a need for a safety position, obviously. The Giants are not in a financial scenario where they can afford to spend a lot of money. They don't have a lot of money. Now, the cap can be easily manipulated by things that we've heard in the media about Olivier Vernon and, and Janoris Jenkins and restructuring Eli, all this kind of stuff. You can create cap space. However, if you don't want to do it, you don't have to do it. So we're going to find out sooner or later. It's 12 o'clock now. In four hours, you're going to have your ticking. answer. Yeah, yeah, indeed. I think you brought up a very interesting point, Jeff. The fact that there are teams, they look at the salary cap and they say to themselves, this position, not player value, That's but this right. position is worth X. this amount of money no, 100%. against our cap. 100% in it. And in, in, in my case, 
it was always it was the it was a, the punter, the kicker, and the long snapper, which were which is kind of together as a group, as a position group. So let's just say you know the safety positions because it's strong and a weak safety. We're going to allocate X percentage of the amount of the cap towards this this thing. So if you have one of those players taking up ninety percent of that allocation, that doesn't leave you much to sign the other guys that you're going to need. Because by the way, the Giants do need another safety. They let Landon go. They're going to need. Multiple safeties. Well, like now. Curtis Riley's a free agent. Well, <laughs> well, yeah. I'm not saying that they're going to definitely retain it, but the point yeah. is, just by default, by contractual yeah. setup, of course they're going to need another safety opposite Landon. And what's interesting about how all this works is that you have the four o'clock deadline for the transition to, or excuse me, for the franchise tag. Free agency tampering period is right around the corner. So, and and you know, it's 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 amazing that they have the tampering period now, but they probably have a pre-tampering, pre-tampering period <laughs> um, that you know happens. And you know, if you get caught, you get caught. But the fact is, is that there's a long-term plan and effect for everything that's going on right now. We don't know it, but we will know it at four o'clock. I think what's going to be very interesting to watch, and obviously nothing is official at this point. The deadline is coming up, as Jeff mentioned, so we don't know what's going to happen with Landon Collins. But if you look back to last off-season, Jeff. The safety market came down much lower than a lot of the players anticipated. Remember, mm -hmm. we got into August, and there were still notable players at that position who were still unsigned. Mm -hmm. So I guess what I'm bringing up is I wonder how this market is going to play out. And the reason I bring that up, if you look at the free agent safeties mm -hmm. in this year's class, this is a very talented group. Well, yeah. Earl Thomas, in addition Gonna to Landon. going to cost you a lot of money. Correct. Then even after that, you got Ha Clinton Dix, who went from the Packers to the Redskins. Lamarcus Joyner of the Rams is another guy. Trey Boston, who's a veteran who's been with a number of teams. Kenny Vaccaro is going to be on the market again. He signed late with Tennessee after he spent many years with the Saints. Uh, Mike Mitchell is going to be a free agent, a little bit older veteran. George Iloka with the Vikings, who was previously with the Bengals. And Glover Quinn, by the way, who was just let go by the Lions. So you've got a lot of... Veteran safeties who have a great deal of experience can still play at a high level. And if it wasn't an overwhelming market last year, if these guys are now going to be competing with one another, yeah. I just wonder where the money's going to come. Well, the money's the guys. money's going to go. I'm going to tell you where the money's going to go if Landon Collins is not retained. Landon Collins is going to be right behind number one and number two because the guy from Seattle, Earl Thomas, is going to get his money. Someone's going to pay him. Okay, Landon Collins of all those people that you you just mentioned. He certainly comes in at the at number two or number three. I Absolutely. mean, any of those other guys, I think that. And the thing about Landon Collins is twenty five years old, much younger than the rest of the pack. So you know, he's the long term effect for him and his number for somebody. They're gonna he's gonna get his money. He's gonna get his money, and that's why Landon Collins. If you're sitting Landon Collins, I I remember Landon telling the media or whoever it was that one of his goals, and it's a lofty goal because it, it's it's the way that the league works today. This isn't the 1970s or 80s even, where you can play with one team for a long time. It's unheard of. If you want to do that, <laughs> I can tell you the only way you're going to do that is that if you are perennial all-pro and you and the team believes in you and they're going to pay you your money every single year, at some point in time, you're going to have to basically take a pay cut to stay with the team for as long as you want. It just doesn't, the, the economics of the league, it doesn't work for you to play for one team forever. I'll give you an example. Look at Zach Diossi, who's been on the Giants for over 10 years. He has cap-friendly numbers every single year, so they're able to keep him. Plus, he plays. He's, he's a good player. You know, Is he a perennial All-Pro? No, but, no, he's, but, made, a valuable but piece. he's a valuable piece. He's a leader. He's made the Pro Bowl, and he's consistent. And more importantly, his number fits in that three package that I just talked about. you got a young kicker and a young punter here, and you got an established veteran and a long snapper. So that collectively, that position, they're playing X amount of money for their cap. It works. It's what happens is is that the safety, who predominantly has not been the highest paid player on defense ever, they're one of those guys that are kind of down and they're the lower on the, the pay scale. They're now starting to make a little bit more money, and Landon's going to benefit from this. Either way, he's going to either get the franchise tag for here that's going to pay him $13 million or more, or he's going to go somewhere else and probably make that and plus more. Guaranteed money, because I promise you, remember what happened last year, Lance, when all these free agents, the big buzz was guaranteed money. 
That's just not going to go away in 2019. All these guys are going to want guaranteed money, and that's just the way it's going to be. And the franchise tag, to your point, is, is guaranteed fully guaranteed. Money. There you go. Yeah, I mean, that's the big thing. You can rescind it, of course, as a team. We said we saw Dave Gettleman do that with Josh Norman when right. he was the Carolina Panthers general manager. You brought up the transition tag. The reason why I find the transition tag to be a little bit more appealing and it gives you a little bit more flexibility compared to the language of the franchise tag is, and you alluded to this earlier, Jeff, you know, you can tell the player, hey, go out, test the market, come back with offers, and you know, we'll determine whether or not we have enough flexibility to match it. If not, you know, you're free to sign with the other team, and then you'll factor into the compensatory picks that we right. get the following year. And and that brings me to another point. When people use the wording well, how could you let a player walk for nothing? That's not valid because what's going to happen is whenever you lose a free agent, you then go into the formula for compensatory picks the following year. Now, people are going to say, well, that's not equivalent to two first-round picks. But the bottom line is, how many players have we seen, Jeff? Never. Given the franchise tag and then a team gets two first-rounders? No, they're never. I mean, what? Never. Two or three players it's happened to in NFL history? Now, the other thing to combat that is that if you sign another free agent and it's comparable to that one that you just lost, sort of cancels it, it out might cancels bit. it out. That's so a fair point. You don't know. But the fact is a bird in hands worth two in the bush, and you bring up the fact that you know a lot of people speculate last year that they could have traded Landon Collins at the trade deadline. They had offers. We don't know what those offers were. No idea. People can speculate all you want, but has Dave Gettleman ever came out and said we were offered a third round pick? And he'll never say second, that. He will never say that. So we, you don't know that. So don't assume that because they didn't deal him last year, okay? In my opinion, it probably was a fifth round, kind of like what Snacks got, right? I mean, everybody was like, oh my God, they only got a fifth round draft pick for Snacks? Yeah, well, guess what? You know what? They probably were offered something like that for Landon Collins, and they said, you know what? Forget about it. If we don't want him in the plans for next year, we'll hang on to him. We'll let him go in free agency, and if we don't sign another guy comparable, we'll get something in the compensatory pick. But they got to do something. We talked about this. They, they don't have a third-round draft pick this year. Um, so it would be interesting to see, and this is a whole other sidebar conversation. But um, So don't be so quick to think that everything you hear is accurate as far as what they got for Landon Collins or even what they were offered last year during the season. I would think that, you know, because it is kind of hard to, to fathom a little bit, like if they didn't have a plan for Landon, if they didn't know that, if they knew they didn't want to sign him back and they weren't going to get a third-round pick, that doesn't make sense to me. They probably would have done it if they got a third-round pick. I'm sure conversations were had. And remember, there wasn't also as much leverage at that point because, Jeff, if you're at the trade deadline and you're shopping a player – and teams come back with you with offers, they realize you either decide to get rid of them now or <laughs> you're going to have to hold on to them for the rest of the season. So yeah. if they know that there's not a huge market for that player, yeah, they're only going to come with a specific offer. Right. I mean, that's just the dynamics of how the market plays out with respect to the National Football League. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three is the telephone number. We have seen thus far a few players do get the tag. Robbie Gold last week, San Francisco 49ers mm -hmm. kicker, former Giants kicker. Then pretty much it's been a lot of pass rushers. Demarcus Lawrence, you brought up Jeff, gets it for the second straight year with the Cowboys. Chiefs gave it to D. Ford, which was expected. And then yeah, you have Jadavian Clowney with the Houston Texans was given the tag. Those were the three main guys, which is not necessarily a surprise because pass rushers are very difficult to find. Even as good as the depth is in this draft, all three of those guys that we named are veterans mm -hmm. with proven resumes. That's why those teams are not going to be so quick to let those players go. Yep, and then you have uh, a couple other ones that were in there too. And, um, you know, it's just, it, it's there. you get together and you come up with a plan and you got to stick with it. And it really, I think that your draft plan has a lot to do with it. Your, your cap, salary cap has a lot to do with it. Put all that into it. Then you go out and, and the last day or the day before, you decide if you're going to franchise a guy. Listen, I could tell you exactly why the San Francisco 49ers franchise Robbie Gould. Because their kicker in Chicago hit the goalpost five times during the season. <laughs> Cody Parkin. And they wanted him to come back there. And the 49ers said, uh-uh, <laughs> we'll franchise <laughs> you. And for really, I think the franchise, I don't even know what it is for kickers. It's probably now going to be around $3.5 million a year or something that like that. Yeah. That's chump change to 100 and whatever the, the cap is now. Is it up at $188 million or something? That's where it's expected to go. Okay. So $3.5 million for yeah. you know, an all-pro Okay, it's we'll a minute piece. A minute, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was the exact rationale. You Absolutely. hit it right in the nose, Jeff. Yeah. And, and some of these other guys, like you said, you know, 
a lot of GMs and organizations love, they love experience and they love veterans. I will tell you that there's some teams I played on the five that I did. There was a lot of them. That's just, they, they love the giants. The giants are a team that like veterans. When I was here and with Jerry Reese and Ernie Accorsi, they love the veteran free agents, the guys that have proved themselves and they were, they weren't, they weren't hesitant to give them the money they deserved to come here and play for them, but they like the experience. They like that, 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 you know, you have six, seven, eight years in the, in the league because you know, you don't, you're, you're proven. Some of these other guys that are unproven, you don't know about them. You don't want to give them all that money. Well, the other part of the trend though, is they've prioritized the trenches, the defensive line specifically, when you look at that side of the ball, because I mean, JPP, for example, was given the franchise tag. Why? Because he was a veteran pass rusher. And the rationale is that's an extremely critical position. It's not easy to replace that with a rookie. Whereas, you know, that's the conversations that we were talking about earlier, Jeff. If you're a general manager, you're weighing, okay, is it easier to replace a guy who has had at least seven or eight sacks a season, or is it easier to replace a safety on the back end with a younger guy that could come in, help the tackling, be opportunistic, and so forth? Those are the types of conversations that go on, and you got to weigh, is it easier, once again, to help your secondary through the draft or your front seven? And these are the conversations that occur not just with the Giants, but with every front office across the league. Well... I think it's the latter of the two. Uh, if you were to ask a lot of people, it's a lot harder to find a you know a edge rusher that can sack the quarterback than it I is agree with you. than it is safeties. Now the Giants have tried to find uh, in 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 the in the run here that Landon's been here. He's been a consistent player, he's been the leading tackler. Um, but they've been trying to find that other safety to play a, you know a, besides him, but they haven't been able to find that one. Now they're you know if they're going to let this in, they're going to have to find two. Um, I think they have a plan. I think they have a plan. Of course they have a plan. We just don't know it. <laughs> Can't really add much to that. Do we I have don't a phone think, here? Can I, I get Dave Gellerman you... <laughs> on the phone and just say, hey, Dave, how about a little insight here? You know, we Absolutely. a couple hours I'm here. sure he's more than happy uh, to. Yeah, you know, no problem. Share all his secrets here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. But you're right. You don't go in to free agency or this period of time blindly. There's <laughs> no. conversations that have been occurring since the season ended, Jeff, as you well know, about, okay, these are going to be our free agents. These are going to be the guys that we're going to prioritize. These are going to be the guys we're going to consider with the tag. Mm -hmm. This is how we think the market's going to play out. All of these conversations happen. I understand that fans get edgy and irritated when they hear news and agendas that are passed across the media, but the bottom line is no front office goes in blindly. This is well laid out, well prepared. It's just, it's not their priority, nor should it be, Jeff, to your point, for them to make it publicly known exactly every step that they're going to lay out in free agency. The one thing, the one funny thing about information is that it's so wrong all the time because, you know, this is a very tricky league. People don't, are not truthful when it comes to a lot of this stuff because they can't be, Okay. But when you look at Dave Gettleman and what he was telling us last year at this time, he was pretty truthful. I like Saquon Barkley. We're going to take him. He's our guy. We love him. Blah, blah, blah. He took him. Okay. Goes back on to that conversation where everybody has these conversations and has a plan. What was the first conversation that Dave Gettleman had when the season ended? Do you remember who it was with? Number 10. That was the conversation. That was the first and the start of the planning phases in this organization about what are we going to do about the court, the quarterback position, <laughs> right? Then they had that deep that deep talk with Eli. Now I don't we don't know what it was said, but he was kind of no what do you say no hold bars or whatever. The, you yeah, know, it was an open conversation. It was a very open. That was the start of the planning. You got to start at the top with the quarterback. So. Then now we're in an evaluation process of the other guys that they saw in at the combine. And by the way, I watched every single minute of that combine this week, and I was impressed. I wasn't so impressed with the quarterbacks. I really wasn't. It was okay. Uh, you know, Haskins throwing the ball the way he did, and I would have loved to see Kyler Murray play throw the ball like everybody would, but soon enough we will. That is pro day. But I was more impressed by Sunday. The Sunday morning with the defensive linemen and edge. That was a freak show, folks. It was indeed. <laughs> I mean. Unreal. We said that this is a, a very defensive handed, you know, very heavy, deep draft in the defense. Man, I'll tell you what. There are some studs. I don't know how these offensive linemen are going to do it. They're going to have problems, <laughs> man. 
Well, fortunately for the offensive lineman, Jeff, these guys actually have to put pads and helmets on when they run at them. Not to say that it's going to slow them down immensely, but it's a little bit different. You know what they always say, speed kills? Well, speed's going to kill these guys, I'm telling you, because these guys are big and they're fast. Athletic and versatile. Yeah, pretty amazing. But, I mean, you just look from start to finish, the physique of every single one of the players that are there. Wow, what a specimen of a group of – these guys are just – some of the receivers, I think they said that there was – 15 or more receivers over six foot one. I mean, it's just incredible to see this kind of stuff going on and how fast these are. Now you can tell how these guys train for the combine. They've been through these drills so many times. I mean, really not, not one of them screwed up the drill with the bag drill, the W drill, any of these drills that they're doing. I think the only time I saw somebody screw something up was that they, they turned the wrong way at the first one. Like he thought the ball was coming here, but it should have been behind. That's it. Other than that, <laughs> they knew everything, every turn, every, every tap of the bag. They knew everything because they practiced this over and over before they get there. Well, but, it becomes second nature by the time they get to the combine. It has to be. Yeah. They're, they're programmed to essentially move their feet, move their arms a specific way, and that was on full display. Just real quickly, the defensive lineman that you were talking about, and we were talking about this prior to coming on the air, Quinnen Williams out of Alabama ran a 4.85, and he is 6'3", over 300 pounds. So that was a number that certainly jumped off the page. And then Montez Sweat, who took part in the senior bowl out of Mississippi State, he's 6'6", 260, and he ran a 4.41, which also... (laughs) is something of note. So when you take both of those players into consideration, and actually to take it a step further, Jeff, Sweat set a record. That's the fastest 40-yard dash for a defensive lineman in the history of the combine. And I believe that that was faster than every other player that took part in the combine compared to the wide receiver group with the exception of seven. So he was faster than every other wide receiver with the exception of seven wideouts. So that puts that in perspective too. probably a defensive back in there too. There may have been, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, there, were, I think there was a defensive back yesterday that ran a four-three something. No, four-four-two. No, four-three-one. Four-three-one. I believe it was. Which that's motoring. That's motoring. Oh, yeah. The fastest guy I ever saw. One of my teammates. So John can't get me on this because I know I played with him. It was Joey Galloway. Okay. The fastest dude I ever never saw. In fact, he won a, a lot of money one time. Because everybody didn't think that he could run a sub 4-4-40. And on a Saturday in Seattle, there was about $15,000 in cash laid out on the field. Really? That all the guys had got together. Oh, boy. He got three shots to do it. On his first try, he did it. And ran over, <laughs> grabbed all the money, and ran out of the bubble. Oh, that is phenomenal. That's like Deion Sanders-esque, it sounds like, yep. based on what he did. Actually, it's funny you brought up Joey Galloway because we were talking about how rare it is for a player to be traded for two first-round picks. Galloway is actually one of the very few players that was traded from the Seahawks to the Cowboys yeah, that's right. when that happened. Yep. So that's uh, funny that you uh, brought him up. 201-939-4513 is the telephone number. A reminder, Big Blue Kickoff Live presented by Coors Light. Download the Coors Light Rewards app to win amazing Giants prizes. One other note before we open up the phone lines. The Giants re-signed Alex Taddy, who okay. was one of the quarterbacks on the roster. He was the backup to Eli Manning. The only reason I bring that up, Jeff, is they interestingly now have, and we're very far away from the finalization of the 53-man roster. But as it stands right now, the Giants have all three quarterbacks who are on the 2018 roster under contract through at least 2019. And the reason I also want to bring this up is Pat Shermer has said on multiple occasions he values having a veteran backup quarterback, Jeff, and the rationale being he feels it's easier to put a veteran quarterback in the game with very few reps because Mm -hmm. it's easy for them Mm -hmm. to understand. They've been through it. They understand the ins and outs of the offense. So that's just something to keep in mind when you look at how the Giants are composing their roster. Well, I mean, if you want to go a little bit further and who that number six pick is, and if they, I've heard in their media and talked about it uh, over the weekend was the Kansas City plan. You know, draft a quarterback, let him sit for. So if you're going to go there, you're you know, and you draft a guy at number six, a quarterback. Let's just call it Dwayne Haskins. Then Dwayne sits back, he he learns for a year or whoever that quarterback is. Now you're going to have to make a decision because you got three guys. So where's Kyle Lilletta on that group? Okay, he's not a veteran. I mean, he's not a real – Alex Tanney's a guy that – Oh, Alex Tanney's been with a number of teams. That, fits, yeah. that actually fits the mold for what you just said. Absolutely. So that third position would be that sixth pick and sit behind Eli and do whatever. 
Um, or they go with the three guys that they went with last year. Yeah, yeah. very possible. And I'm they use, with you there. Now, you gotta, you got to think that if the sixth pick is not used on a quarterback, you know where they're going. They are going defense until, they're, until the cows come home because by looking at these guys yesterday over the weekend, you can't go wrong with some of these picks in the draft. They're going to have a high second-round pick too. Now they're not. Then they're not going to have another pick for over a hundred something picks. So Sam Beal counts as that. Yeah. Pick. So they maybe they're wheeling and dealing something here and there. But I I gotta believe that especially if Landon does not come back, um, we'll see what they do in free agency. But I think this is going to be a draft where they're going to have to address some of these needs at every level of that defense. Well, and you can argue there's multiple needs in the pass rushing department, not just one player, Jeff. You could argue that it would yeah. be valuable to maybe even take two guys to add to that rotation that they already have. Well, I mean, you talk about Olivia Vernon and what they're going to do, and, and this is something that the teams talk about every single year at this time, guys. It's, it's, it's all about getting to the cap number, and there's guys that, that you know, when you, when you sign a free agent four years ago and if you're into those last four, four or five or even three and four years in, in the salary – those are big numbers. You just when you sign them at the time, you don't really think about it until all of a sudden now you're faced with that looking you right in the mirror going, wow, you know, this is this cap figure. And unfortunately, if you don't have a lot of cap money, you got to create it. And that means that some guys have to have to leave. Well, what you just brought up is the short term versus the long term goals. And that 2016 offseason, remember, the Giants were very aggressive. Mm -hmm. They brought in Olivier Vernon, to your point. They brought in Janoris Jenkins. They brought in snacks. They parted ways with snacks, and now the question is, can they create more wiggle room to address yeah. now needs on defense outside of those players? Because you need numbers, you need volume. Well, it's problem, not just a defense where one guy is going to do all the heavy lifting. And the problem you have with is if you get rid of one pass rusher, you're going to have to get some others, right? So All you're going to do is create another void, essentially. You're going to create another void, but, I mean, if you're going to stick, stick with free agency, if you're going to try and go get a pass rusher in free agency, he's going to cost you just as much as Olivia Vernon's going to cost you. So unless you, come, you, know, unless you get a maybe a, a, an A-minus or a B-plus type of player. But, you know, these rookies are very cap-friendly. So and if you have them, the ability you have in the draft for this year because it's very deep with defensive linemen, you know, maybe you go out and, like you said, multiple picks are defensive edge rusher or defensive line, whoever it is, outside linebacker, outside linebacker in this 3-4 that they're going to – who knows? We'll see what happens. You have to build the team through the draft. I think that's well documented with recent Super Bowl winners, teams that make the playoffs consistently. 201-939-4513 is the telephone number. Hashtag Giants Chat on Twitter. All right, let's open up the phone lines. We've got Marco in Connecticut getting us going here on Tuesday's Hi, edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live. What's happening, Marco? Hey, hey guys. How are you? Good. Doing all right. What's on your mind? Oh, I've got a lot. Um, I'm just I'm, – I'm really, like, unclear about – the direction of this team right now. I, I, I've been trying to stamp that and, and not make any rash judgments. And, I, and I'm, I'm really going to wait to see what goes on with the tag and free agency and then with the draft. But I think one thing's clear right now. They've already made it clear that Eli is coming back. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assume he's going to be the starting quarterback. And I'm fine with that. I just don't, I don't understand the direction of the team really. And I, and I like, there's so many people that have been taking shots at the team and especially Gettleman on direction going back to last year with some of the free agent moves and especially the draft pick. I, I did not do that because I think like, Hey, you got to give him and Shermer a fair shot with their guys. But I'll be honest. I don't get it because I think what we've seen with Eli, there's certain things on the roster that kind of need to happen for him to be successful. And I'm not taking a shot by saying that. So if he's coming back and you were to draft, even let's say we did, we, we mirrored the Kansas city model. Well, mirroring the Kansas city model is bringing in a rookie quarterback. That's going to be mentored under him. I love that idea. Well, here's what happens though. Are you really building a good roster around Eli to, to give him a shot at having a winning year? Like that. I feel like that's being forgotten now. It's like, He's almost 40 years old. Like, are we, are we not trying to win? Because if we're not trying to win and get to the playoffs, then what are we doing? Because, and, and, like, and now this is where I start to get real upset about this. It's like, okay, I get it. Landon Collins, I guess on the market, we're going to find out what he's truly worth. There's a team that's going to come in and pay him a lot of money if it's not us. And if you don't, 
value the safety position enough to want to put that big of a dollar on it, no problem. I get it. So then what are you going to do with that money is what I'm really wondering now. Because I think, <clears throat> no, I don't think. I know you got to have some A-list players to win in this league. Like, and, I, and I'm looking around the roster. I'm like, okay, who are the A-list players that we have on the team that are going to allow Eli to be in a position to be successful? And if you remove Collins, whether or not you um, value that position in your defense, I don't know if James Betcher does. I don't know enough about, like, the X's and O's to know in a 3-4 what he values there. But if, if, if it's not Collins, I do know Collins is an A-plus player somewhere. So then if, and then the rumors were like, oh, maybe Vernon might not be on the roster. I'm like, okay, I get it. And like, Jeff, you just said it. Well, you're going to have to fill a lot of spots here. Like now, now, now you're really like, what are we? Are we a rebuilding team, <laughs> or like, like what, exactly? Like, what are we doing with Eli? What, what? And then, and then the last thing I'll say, and I'll have you guys comment on it. When you to go full circle, when he when Gentleman made that comment about he had a conversation with Eli, I think if I had a guess, I think the conversation was this: Eli, we're going to bring you back. Eli, the the media thinks that we should be. Asking you to take a pay cut. Well, guess what, Eli? We're thankful for everything you've done. We're not going to ask you to take a pay cut. However, you're going to come back and we're going to do A, B, and C. Eli, you need to go home and think about, will you be able to play under these considerations? And A, B, and C might be drafting a rookie quarterback. Drafting a rookie quarterback that people think, the people might be saying, hey, Pat Trimmer, when's the rookie going to play? Eli's off to an 0-4 start. We might also, Eli, have to address this position, which, you know, might mean that we need to, I don't know, rebuild in this spot. You know, and so, Eli, you go home in the offseason and think about it. But, of course, we want you back. I, I, guys, I, I gave you a lot to digest there. I know I'm venting, but th- that's where I'm at. All right, Marco. Well, we're going to let you go on that note. Uh, certainly throughout a lot. First of all, I want to start with... This whole premise, Jeff, that if a team goes in a younger direction that they have no plans to win, to me, is personally ridiculous. There is so much transition in this sport, unlike any other professional sport that I've seen, Jeff. And what I mean is year to year, rosters fluctuate. Mm -hmm. Even the Patriots roster, you think they bring back the same 53 guys every single year? Mm -hmm. They're changing. So just because you're going in a younger direction, just because you're not necessarily retaining A-plus star players, as the caller mentioned, doesn't mean that the team is not going into the season thinking, hey, we want to be competitive, we want to win. And we've seen teams that have young rosters, and sometimes they end up ahead of the curve. So I would not associate parting ways with a star player going in a younger direction through the draft as a means of saying, hey, we have no interest in winning. It's just a matter of trying to balance your cap and realizing the economics don't allow you to keep a lot of high-paid players on your roster. Well, I think it all comes down. I keep using this philosophy. I, I, I do, do. Does the organization literally believe that Eli Manning still can play and compete at a high level? Evidently, they do because we've heard that he's going to be back and he'll be the quarterback for next year. Okay, yeah, they're paying him X amount of dollars. Once again, it goes with that old. How do you how do you build your team with how much money at each position? Okay. Um, and I think that they're really intrigued by the idea, even though I know we're going to say that they didn't play the greatest teams the second half of the season, but this team did lead the NFC East in scoring last year. Okay, so I think they're a little bit intrigued about that. The way that Evan Ingram started to play towards the end of the season. When he was healthy. You were without Odell Beckham. You get a healthy Odell Beckham back. You get some help on the offensive line. Maybe find you a good right tackle in free agency or even in the draft. I think that they're more concerned about the defensive side of the football than they are the offensive side of the football being even with Eli. Even though I know he's almost 40, listen, between 38 and 40, that's two years. I've been there. There's a big difference between 38 (laughs) and 40. I will tell you that, okay? However, I think their emphasis, in my opinion, is going to be on the defensive side, and they believe that the offense can be better than they were last year, and it was a little bit exciting when the season ended to see how this offense produced. That's just my guess. I think that with the offensive line and Nate Solder playing better towards the end of the year and that cohesiveness, I think they're excited about that side of the football, that they're not going to have to rely on the the model of, you know, we're going to get rid of Eli and bring in a, a new quarterback. And then, you know, then then it's the season's washed. Like you said, we, 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 we're not into winning. 
I think this team believes that they can build this defense up in Betcher's second year with some really good players. B.J. Hill. Young okay, players. Lorenzo Carter. Young guys that they've built the, through Drafted the draft. Drafted last year. And then they got nine picks this, this year. So you continue to build the nucleus up with youth, and it doesn't kill your salary cap. There you go. That's the exact point that I'm making, Jeff. And I agree with your assessment. I think they look at the fact that this offense does have some pieces that certainly prove they can be productive. But not only did they score the most points in the NFC East, they also gave up the most points in well, the NFC go. East, so which, one do you... which just goes to show you why the quarterback alone doesn't win and lose games. <laughs> you need another side of the ball. You need also good special teams, as you can attest to, Jeff. And which, so, by the way, they played very well last year. They did. There was they were definitely the top improvement. Three special teams units going from dead last into the top three in the in the league last year. So those two, we always talk about the three components of the game. You know, those two improved. Obviously, in the second half of the season, the offensive portion of it did. The first half was not very good. But, yeah, so, you know, improvement on the defense. That's where they're going to go, folks. They're going defense. You have to. That defense was the, – the offense did enough to, to win some games last year. The defense just could not stop the other team from scoring in the last two minutes of the, or in the fourth quarter. I mean, how many games do we need At to rehash, five, Jeff, where you had a lead late and then all of a sudden something was coughed up? And even in a game, by the way, that they beat Chicago here at home in overtime, they gave up a lead late. Remember that yeah, forced overtime? Got... So that's another game that I would throw into the mix. And then, you know, you take into consideration the Indianapolis the game, game, the Dallas game. Those were the last two games of the regular season. I mean, we could give you at least four or five games. Now you gotta look Atlanta, at the, they gave up a late touchdown, too. You look at the Dallas game, you're kind of like, okay, the season was over by then. You're kind of glad you lost that because you're picking six opposed to, I think it would have been 11th if the Giants Could've had changed. won that game. Yeah. You know? So being six and 10 rather than five and 11 or, or whatever it was, you know, you say, okay, that's uh, that's okay. But you, but the defense, the defense did not hold up their end of the, of the bargain as far as getting these teams off the field and winning the game in the fourth quarter. Which means the Giants are going into this offseason saying it's not just one player that we bring in and all of a sudden the defense is great. It's going to take some work, but it's going to be a combination, Jeff, of free agency and the draft. And that's why then you have to start to factor in the money. Okay, if we have this amount of money locked up with one or two defensive players, are we going to be able to address the other various needs that we have across the board? Which may be we need Another starting safety, Jeff, okay? We need additional pass rushers. We may need another cornerback, depending on how free you agency do. plays out. Linebacking help. You do. Okay, so I just named four positions, and that's how then the thought process becomes, are we maximizing the value of our cap with X amount of dollars locked up with just one position? That's how those conversations play out. 201-939-4513. Let's head back to the phone lines. James is in New River. James, welcome to the Big Blue Kickoff Live. What do you have for us? Hey, how are you guys doing today? Good. Doing well, James. What's on your mind? Good, good. Well, um, I wanted to touch on something that Jeff was talking about. Um, you know, with the defense, I kind of agree that um, there needs to be a lot of work there, and I think the fan base is pretty confused as to, uh, we need to work on the defense, then why are we letting one of the defensive leaders leave and what's frustrating about that is that um, a quarterback is ranked in the bottom half of the league the last three years in total Q QBR. Yet he's eaten up over 12% of our salary cap, so we can't afford to sign a guy like Landon Collins, mm -hmm. which is what leads into the bigger discussions of, well, maybe we need to cut OV to clear up some space, and you know, then you're just creating holes on, more holes on the defense. But if you don't go on the defensive side of the ball, then – the only asset we have is Odell Beckham, which means that we'd have to sacrifice Odell essentially to keep Eli Manning at his current number. But yet there's no no discussions going on about Eli taking a pay cut. And it's just we've been getting served crap for the past, you know, five out of six years. And, um, you know, no one knows the direction, you know, the, the team won't say that this is rebuild, but well, Everyone but James, I got to I, I got to just jump sucks. in here again. James, I got to I got to jump in here again in, in terms of the term rebuild and, and it's something that Jeff and I went back and forth. Teams are constantly retooling. 
So th- this terminology that it's rebuilding, your roster is always in flux. Your roster is always changing. You're bringing in young guys. You're parting ways with free agents. So y- this is not like in the NBA where if you lose two superstars, okay, maybe it's a true rebuilding. It's retooling in the NFL. There's always What makes be sense, though, is to cut Eli Manning and use the salary to retain your young players. You don't keep Eli Manning so that you can go 7-9 and nine next year at best. Well, but we don't know how the season. But he doesn't want to take a pay cut. He doesn't want to send. Well, James, James. First of all, James, James. In fairness, do you know the conversations that the front office has had with Eli Manning? I only know what he, what Gettleman puts out, and what Merrill put out. Okay, so the point is, they're fully in support of having Eli Manning in. At you know, twenty-four million dollars. Well, or money has is, never been thrown out. Stock. James, money no has one never been thrown out. The organization James. can can tell that. Then we're in complete denial. Well, James, we'll, we'll let you go on that note, and, and appreciate the phone call. And, and Jeff, this goes back to what you said at the top of the show about Dave Gettleman's not going to lay out his exact game plan. There have been statements between Gettleman and more so with Pat Shermer when they just spoke at the combine, Jeff, where they said that. Right now, the plan is Eli Manning is going to be the starting quarterback. There's been no conversations about money and what Eli Manning's going to take up with respect to the cap. I mean, we're not privy to those discussions. So, you know, when people call up and they claim, well, they want him back and he's going to be back at this number, we have no idea what's being discussed behind closed doors, whether it's been thrown out to Eli, would you be open to taking a pay cut? Nobody knows whether any of those conversations are happening. And it's possible it may happen. It's possible it may not. But to call in and be definitive that you know what number this player is going to be on the roster, I think is completely misleading. I will tell you what they do have in mind. They, they have a plan. They have, a, they have plan A, B, C, all the way down to maybe F, that if this player comes available and we're up against the cap, we have to go to this player to ask for a pay cut or we release him or we renegotiate. We can extend contracts. Don't worry about the cap. I can tell you right now, the what that you have to worry about is cash, C-A-S-H, not C-A-P, okay? If the team has the cash to play, that's when you can, you, can, you can get some players in here. The cap can be manipulated, folks. It can be manipulated. It's manipulated every single day. There's actually there's some, there's people that watch this stuff 24-7 as far as the cap goes. Now, you can go to players. You can go to – it doesn't even have to be so much Eli. You could go to Nate Solder who just signed a deal last year and renegotiate his deal, okay? So that's why I'm saying there's a lot of ways to, to create money under the cap, okay? What you got to do is you have to have a plan, and their plan is is, is, is – we're not going to know what it is until it starts to take shape here. Once the, You also have the new – you have the new league year coming. So things happen after the league year starts. You have June 1 cuts. Those are other things that you can save money with. So there's so many different things that are going to come down the pike here in the next two weeks when the new league year starts and free agency starts. We're a little ways from the from the draft, but these are the things you have to look in the forefront, and they, these are going to kind of sh- give some shape and form to your roster and your cap number and everything else. By the way, just to put things in perspective, I'm looking at quarterback salaries in the National Football League, Jeff. So Eli Manning right now entering 2019 is number, let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13th highest paid quarterback based on average annual salary. This is that list. So if you look at some of the guys in front of Eli Manning, Matt Ryan is number two. Falcons didn't make the playoffs. Kirk Cousins is number three. Vikings didn't make the playoffs. Jimmy Garoppolo is number four. Niners didn't make the playoffs. Matt Stafford's number five. The Lions didn't make the playoffs. Derek Carr's six. The Raiders didn't make the playoffs. Alex Smith on the Redskins is in the top 10. They didn't make the playoffs. So, you know, to make the claim, well, look at the amount of money that the quarterback's eating up and the team results haven't been positive. If you look across the NFL landscape, everyone has basically had to pay their quarterback, Jeff, as a result of the market. And there's a lot of teams right now that are saying to themselves, boy, we've got a lot of money locked up with our QB and we got no postseason appearance last season to show for it. And you know what? The position in itself, depending on who you are, I mean, if you have a young quarterback that you just drafted, let's just say he's a Jared Goff, you know he's going to be at the lower end because he's a, he's, he's he's on a rookie contract. He's on a rookie contract. Yeah. So take all the rookies out of there and then kind of move it up. Listen, the going rate for a quarterback is going to be twenty three to 20, thirty million. That's where it is right now. So and it's only going to go up. Uh, you know, and so yeah, you're going to say, well, we're going to draft a guy and then have him play, or you know, go out and uh, it's just 
you got to understand about the money and each. But we talked about it earlier. Every position is allocated a certain amount of percentage of the, of the cap. And so I just feel that this team doesn't want to quit on what they developed last year at the end of the season offensively. And I, I, I will tell you, there's listen, it does, is there, there's going to be a time when, yes, there's going to need to be a new quarterback for the New York Giants. There really is. I mean, unfortunately, you can't play forever. Okay, and Eli can't play forever, and this team's going to have to make a decision going a different different scenario. But the fact is, is that the whole problem behind being five and eleven, was that what, yeah, right, five and eleven, yep, is not Eli Manning. It's defense. Their defense was horrible last year, folks. And so let's improve there. You got a little bit of excitement about what the offense can do. I mean, you got to put number thirteen back on the field, and that's even better. So all of it isn't number 10's fault. Yes, it was some of it. Yes, he didn't play very good in those first eight games of the season, and the offense didn't do well. But, I mean, I think that, that Dave Gettleman and Pat Shermer certainly think that Eli Manning has another year. And now there's a conversation we keep hearing it. Well, if you think he has another year, then, okay, so why are we why for seven and nine? What was a good? Well, you don't know they're going to be seven. No, and you nine. don't. You have no idea. For no GMs <laughs> going in saying, "Oh, we're going to be you know ten and six or nine and seven. They're just confident that they put together a roster that's going to be competitive. I don't and think anybody I, goes in with an exact ballpark number. And if percent. you want to do some homework, go back and look at some of the turnarounds in the last five years in the NFL from worst to first and things like that. Happens very often, especially happens, in this division. It happens very often. Teams can get back to the playoffs. They're not saying that they're going to go. 13 and three next year. But the fact is, is that we know that there's going to be a new division winner, most likely in this division, because this is the way it's gone for the last like 10 years. Every year, there's somebody different. So, um, and yes, am I supporting Eli Manning? I am because I feel like he does have one year left and I don't know what the giants are going to draft somebody. If they do, then sit him behind Eli Manning and let him learn. The guy's a hall of fame quarterback. What better present for a guy that you're going to draft who's going to be your franchise quarterback going for a long time to sit behind a Hall of Famer and learn from him, even if Eli doesn't want to do it? I mean, Eli might, you might, Eli might say, hey, <laughs> I'm not doing this. Well, and he's worked he has with, no choice. He's worked with a number of young quarterbacks, so I, I'd be very surprised to see him be against that. He, he, and it, all it takes is you just have to hang around Eli Manning. He's the first in the building and the last to leave. You you know you're gonna you're gonna watch how he how he works. He's gonna walk how watch how he does preparation for during the week. What he does on Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, all the way up to the game. And so those are some very good things. Look at you look at you have even Alex Tanny, and and Lyletta, Those guys learned from Eli last year. They definitely did. Two zero one nine three nine. Did you want remember to say Davis Webb? Yeah. Remember what he said? How much he learned from Eli Manning course, when he yeah. left the building? He was on his side. Yeah. Every single day of the week. But, I mean, for God's sakes, I mean, we got to get – yeah, and Olivia Vernon, okay, yeah, he gets after the pass rush. He gets after the quarterback. But you know what? He's 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 the availability. He's been hurt a lot. He gets hurt a lot. I mean, it's funny because when he was a free agent, he never got hurt. He didn't miss games coming to when he was there. Never why missed we, a game with that, the Dolphins. That's why we were like, oh, my God, this guy is just, you know, he's healthy as a goat. He's just going to come in here. He's going to play. And the next thing you know, um, also Landon Collins. You know, he, he the first two years, he didn't miss a game. Then all of a sudden now he's, you know, it's not that he got so much older. He's only 25, but, you know, he those injuries sometimes. Season-ending surgeries each of the last two years. That's and, right. So, I mean, so. in fairness, the safety position takes the bulk of the hits, but it still is valid Well, when you're the leading you tackler on your team, that's a lot of hits. Yeah. It's a lot of hits. And, um, you know, sometimes you have to make a decision. There is no perfect science to any of this, and there's no perfect answers to any of this. This is all about... Um, evaluation it's all about philosophy and it's all about decision making from management that no none of us none of us know the the, the formula they're just, they've got it all upstairs under lock and key we're just gonna have to talk about it and some of it's right some of it's wrong but no one person in the organization or the fans or us are correct in what we say that's for sure Let's head back to the phone lines. We've got four calls. We want to try to give everybody an opportunity, so we're going to try to move quickly here. 201-939-4513. Len is in Columbia, Maryland. Hi, Len, Len, what's happening? Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. All right, Len. What's on your mind? First of all, a quick, quick comment on the combine. Um, an awful lot of staggeringly great athletic ability 
on display at that combine. Yes. Wow! Yes, I, I mean, I agree with just, you. Just some, just, just, just some unbelievable performances there. Hopefully, you translate to the football field, but yeah. you got to feel pretty good about what's going to be there at six and uh, all the way up into the early part of uh, uh, you know round four. A- after that, you know, you're guessing pretty much, but. I, I think we're going to get some. I think we're going to get some players out of the strap, and that's certainly going to help us. Listen, comment on Collins, comment on Manny, and I'll make them. I'll try to make them quick. Um, I, I would. I would like to see the Giants, in some shape, manner, or form, bring Collins back next year. Now, if there's an injury concern, and, and you know this might be playing into it too. You know, that shoulder might not be right, and maybe the Giants don't want to commit to that. But I, I for one, would like Collins back. And let me let me tell you a very simple reason why I like. I want Collins back. And, Jeff, you just alluded to it about two minutes ago. He gets people on the ground. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's what defense is all about. The play doesn't end until you get the guy on the ground. <laughs> yeah, and, and there is, I, I mean, if, if you look at the number of tackles over a four-year period of time, I, I mean, you know, you, you want to talk about Adrian Amos from the Bears. I mean, he he can't compare a number of tackles, and he played the whole season last year. Yeah. Collins only played twelve games. I mean, tackle. now if you don't value if you don't value that as part of your defense, I don't know. I just throw my hands up in the air, Jeff Lance. Okay. Yep. I, I think it's about getting the guy on the ground. Okay. You have any com- You have any comment on that? There's no question. When yeah. your leading tackler is your guy, that leading tackler means something, right? It has a definition. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and so if you're going to lose that guy, who's Absolutely. The, who is your next leading tackler behind Landon Collins? I would say it's going to have to be a cornerback. I don't know. Well, it was Alec Ogletree last year. So yeah, he was yeah, three yeah, was behind Ogletree. Landon I think it was Collins. Ogletree, it was, yeah. yeah. Collins had 96, Ogletree had 93. And you're right, Collins has been extremely consistent. He's been a top and, and charge rem- for the and Giants. And remember, he, he only played 12 games. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, if you don't get the guy on the ground, no, he's and been he a very active player. There's no doubt about that. He scores, and we're in trouble. When that's why, so, if they do let him go, there's another team that that likes a guy that can tackle. That's why oh, he's yeah. going to get a good deal. Oh yeah, there is there is a huge drop off um, in the free agents. Yeah, in the um, free agencies of safety, particular at at that position, yeah. at Collins's position. Yeah. It's time. Um, He's going to hit it perfectly. I, I mean, what you want to drop to? You want to? You want to go try to steal Adrian Amos away from the beer, the Bears? Go. I mean, go ahead. Yeah, but I mean, uh, I, I mean, it's you know, you, you're talking about guys that play the other position who were in that safety. So between and Thomas is, you're right. Thomas is going to going to get his money. And you know what? Unless there's an injury concern, Collins is going to get big money. He's going to get big money. Well, all it takes is one team. So and, and right, it right. takes one right, team. Let me, and also, it right, also, let me, it takes one team, and it also takes a, a sub par group of players which is he's he's mixed in you know these aren't great great safeties there's a lot of them this year but the top two are, are thomas and collins so they're going to get their money that's right yeah that's what, right what, what else? After, that, after that as far as i'm concerned but that i mean you just i mean come on look at the names we're talking about len real quickly uh, what else did you have on okay, your mind? Let, me, yeah. let me let me just say one thing can i say one thing on real you? quick just one yeah. thing on eli yeah um that conversation with dave gettleman at the end of the season Let's not be so sure. You know, nobody really knows, and this is just my guess. But let let's not be so sure that that was a one way conversation of Gettleman talking to Eli. Of course, yeah. I have a hunch, Eli. I have a hunch, Eli, playing seven years and taking the beating that he has on the field, and also not wanting to end his career that way, was was talking eyeball to eyeball with Mister Gettleman about what the plan was to get better players on this field. I don't think Eli wants to go out this way. Uh, what are you going to pay him? Mm-hmm. Even I wouldn't want to go out this way. And if we go all in two, whether we've drafted a quarterback or not, man, you know what it's going to be like. <laughs> Eli takes Eli takes you know too much of the burden of the of the three and thirteen and the five and eleven. Right. Yeah. Let's get some players on the field and win some games. Hey, thanks for all taking right, my call, guys. Appreciate thanks, the phone call. Great. Some good point. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. I can't disagree that I'm sure that it was a two-way conversation where both sides have things to think about following that discussion. Let's head back to lines. Charlie is in Portland, Maine. Charlie, what do you got for us? Hey, guys. Hi. Uh, real quick. Hey, um, Jeff, you've been talking about, like, our defense is so horrible and then that's where we need to fix it. Well, you can't get rid of your two best players and do that. <laughs> well, you, you can't can- let Collins go. You can't let OV go. And let me say something else. Gettleman said, this is what he said. 
He says, I don't believe in restructuring contracts because I don't want to kick the can down the road. So he just told all the other 31 GMs that OV is going to get released. So why would anybody in their right mind trade for him and take on that salary? That is stupid. That was the stupidest thing he ever said because he just gave away any leverage that he had. Well, but keep in mind, Charlie, you know, you don't necessarily give away everything in a press conference. He made that statement, and I get your point, and it's a valid point you brought up that he may not be a fan of that. That doesn't mean, though, that he's completely against doing that. Those are two different things. May not be fond of doing it often. That doesn't mean he's completely against restructuring a contract. Come on. I mean, I think you're taking it a little too far. he sounds pretty, you know— adamant about it that what that wasn't one of his arrows in his quiver that he was going to use and it's that's insanity i mean if i was eli manning and i look at what gettleman is going to do you let here we have a, a pro bowl player all pro player 25 years old we finally draft right we finally draft right and we're going to let the guy walk it is insanity it is totally insanity for 11 million dollars that is ridiculous. Give me more. It's yeah. ridiculous, you know? And it may be a little bit more, but the guy is worth it. I mean, you've got to get another safety to go with him, mm-hmm. not get rid of him. Now we're going to need two safeties. Get rid of OB. Now we need two or three more, you know, rushing uh, edge rushers. I mean, it's insanity, you know? Mm-hmm. If if this is what Gettleman's doing, he's demolitioning this this team and it's ridiculous and Eli should ask for his release because they're not going to win more than five or six games again next year. Okay. That's all I got to say. All man. right, Charlie. All right, Charlie. Appreciate the phone call. I, I got it. You know, again, I, they're all great points and nobody's, you know, nobody knows what, what the answer is here. All I can say to combat what's going on with this. If you take Olivier Vernon and you're going to pay Landon Collins, 13 million a year, Okay, dude, that's like seventeen to eighteen percent of your cap in those two players. Yeah. So, and, and what on is the top vi- of then the Eli on top of too. the Eli? Okay, so what is the vision of all these young, all these players? Are the GMs? It's go the young, young players through the, the draft. draft. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't cost you a lot of money. So when you don't have a lot of money, I keep telling you, it's about cash. If you don't have the money, it's hard to keep these guys. Does it make sense? No. You're exactly what Charlie said. You're going to get rid of your best pass rusher and your best your best tackler and your only safety all pro 25 years old, but they're expendable because of their their cap numbers. Unfortunately, they're that good, but they're going to cost you too much money. You've drafted right? Yes, you did. And, and fortunately, you got a great player. You would like to keep them. If this was 2016, we wouldn't be talking about Landon Collins having to be let go. They would franchise him in a minute or he would have already had a long-term deal because you remember in 2016 how much money they spent? Or was it 15? $200 million? Well, it was leading into the 2016 $200 season. $200 million. Yeah. On about three defensive The Giants players. as of today, and this is not official, but just from reading what I, it's like they're, they're around $30 million or something. It's, I don't know what it is, but it's not a lot of money. Well, that's why Gettleman is forced to create space as you a result to. of what happened a few years prior. And I you mean, go to your top players. Now, whoa, why aren't you going to Eli? Why aren't you going to Eli? He's making $23 million. Why don't you go to Eli? And co- okay, go find me another quarterback that's going to be less than $23 million that you're going to feel comfortable with for a year. I mean, Eli's not going to be here in three years. You may not be here in two years, right? Am I making sense? I, I, it's, it's a tough thing to swallow. But it's, there's, it's, it's very difficult to understand how all this is working. And, and you know, there, I keep saying that there's a plan. Let's see the plan. I, I can't wait to see it and how it, how it works out. And the other thing real quickly before we head back to the lines that I wanted to mention, Charlie said, you know, why would you say that you don't want to restructure contracts because now all of a sudden a team's not going to want to trade for a player? Well, first of all, when you trade a player, sometimes you kick in money, and that still makes it appealing for them to acquire a player because they then don't have to offset all of the salary. Of course, you need to have the flexibility, but there's still appealing ways for a team to trade even though maybe they know the current team doesn't have a great deal of leverage. Russell is in Missouri. Russell. Russell, welcome to Big Blue Kickoff Live. What do you got for us? Hey, what's going on? Yeah, I I listened to the show yesterday, and I hate what you and Pete I was saying about Dwayne Haskins and his quarterback situation. So I want to ask y'all this question right now: What was our record last year? Who was what? Five and eleven. Yeah. Five and eleven. Yeah. What was the record the following year? Oh, it was three, also three sub five hundred, three and thirteen. 
We won, so our quarterback just won eight games, and he's making twenty three million dollars. Well, the eight team, games. the team won eight games. In come on, Russell. man! No, the quarterback I'm not, is the, no, no, on, the quarterback no, Russell. Is I'm not going to come on for you. The team won eight games. You know, you could single it out to one quarterback, and this is not me trying to defend Eli Manning. That's the reality. Matt Ryan and the Falcons. You could argue Matt Ryan right now is playing at a higher level. Are we going to say Matt Ryan only won and lost those games, or did the Falcons win or lose those games? Aaron Rodgers and the Packers didn't make the playoffs. Oh, are we are we bottling him up, or are we talking about All the right. team? <laughs> All right, cool. You're right. You're right. You're talking about the team. Has Matt Ryan been to the Super Bowl lately? Matt Ryan has In been to the last Super Bowl. five years? Matt yes. Ryan. Yes. yes, he's been to the Super the Bowl. The team right? has been to when? the Super Bowl, yes. The okay, fa- listen, listen. I'm just going to say my argument. I'm not saying Eli. Eli's a Hall of Famer, but it's time to move on. It's time to draft a quarterback. Well, and they he's can do and Russell, they can do that. Eight games. They could do that and keep him on the roster. You can achieve both of those things simultaneously. There's nothing he wrong needs, with Eli having a veteran quarterback and drafting a guy. Eli needs to take a pay cut, and they need to sign Landon Collins. He's 25 years old. He's all pro. That kind of that kind of upset me yesterday. I'm like, what are we doing? We keeping a 38 year old quarterback who can't throw the ball past 20 yards? Are you kidding me? Well, that like, that that's a bit of. Uh, an Come overstatement on, and a hyperbole there. Wow. If you go back, Russell, and appreciate the phone call, and you watch Eli Manning this season, to say that he can only throw the ball 20 yards down the field, I think is a bit ridiculous, and the facts don't necessarily back that up. I do know that, Land- I do know that Landon Collins has never won a Super Bowl for the Giants, and Eli That's Manning That's another good point, two. too. Yeah. So, I, you know, let's, let's, let's tread lightly when you tell people about their own money, like they need to take a pay cut. I mean, it's like me calling you and you need to make a pay cut. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what you do for a living, but you need to take a pay cut. Absolutely. I mean, uh, listen, <laughs> it, what, it is what it is. Okay. We were allowed to talk about it and you're allowed to talk about it. But you know, when you start taking people's money away from them, be careful. <laughs> it's, it's easy to talk about somebody else's money, but when Damn they start right. taking especially your money it, away, especially when it's 23 like, million dollars. Yeah. And, and by the way, how many quarterbacks across the league are taking pay cuts? How about somebody give me a tally of every GM that goes to their I'll quarterback? I'll give you 10 seconds to find me one that's taking a pay cut. You will not come up with a, uh, You will and, not come up with one. And I also do not want to hear Tom Brady's contract being thrown out because, by the way, what people forget is Tom Brady gets incentives back in what he doesn't get in salary. Yeah. Nobody talks about that. And they're that. easy incentives. Exactly. And by the way, once you make an incentive, it, can, it counts against your cap next year, which inflates his number. So then he takes a pay cut, if you will, and he gets it back in incentives the following year. So there's not he's not taking a pay cut. In fact, he's making more money because the incentives are so easily reachable and they're, and they're stupid numbers. Tom, Brady, if you throw for... 3,000 yards next year will give you 4 million bucks. Okay, sign that one. I might do that in the first six games. Kudos to my agent. All right, let's head back to the phone lines. Last call of the program, Brian's in Virginia. Hey, Brian. Brian, what do you got for us? What's going on, Lance? What's going on, Figs? You're right, Brian. So, What's on your mind? You got 2019 oh, Outlook here. Are you talking about the computer program, or are you talking about the uh, the Giants yeah, Outlook he, wa- here? he wants to break down his emails Good first. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, look. I think the fan base really needs to pump the brakes just a little bit. You know, we've you know, we've made improvements. You know, we're coming from winning three games in the past few seasons. And, you know, there's still life on the on, there's still life on Mars for the Giants. This is not six to flat. You know, this is an organization who's done it before. So you have to trust Dave Gettleman's and and and, and, Schum, and, and Sherman's talent evaluation. You know, the second half of the season is a testament to, you know, what the Giants are trying to build. You know, the GM, you know, we inherited bad contracts and a loss of culture after Tom Coughlin. Yeah. And this is why we brought in Gettleman, you know. So, you know, two two seasons ago, we, we couldn't score things. We couldn't score things two seasons ago. Now, this past season, we scored the most points in the division. And yep. I'm with Lynn. You know, if, if, if you're looking at this draft, you got to be excited about what you see, you know, on the defense side of the ball. You know, we're, we're trying to build through the draft. If you look at Gettleman's track record just in this short time period, B.J. Hill, Lorenzo Carter, Sean, Sean Chandler, um, Corey Coleman on specials, and, you know, even a guy like Elijah Penny. You know, we, we, we have guys in the building who can evaluate talent. So we need to pump the brakes just a little bit. This organization has done it before, and we brought in a guy who knows the history and who knows the culture of the New York Giants. So let's just pump the brakes and trust what Gettleman is doing. Let's build through the draft. Let's evaluate what we have. And let's go forward. Stop. You know, I know everyone's paying attention to what's, you know, being said in the media, you know, in, in particular about Eli Manning. But come on, guys. You know, Eli Manning has a proven track record. And I know this is a, 
you know, what have you done for me lately type of lead. But you still have a quarterback who can still get the job done. And like you said, Lance, this is a team game. 100%. You know? Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and listen, Brian, we're going to let you go on that note you, only because we're up against the clock. So, some really valid points. And the other thing that I wanted to add to what Brian just said, Jeff, if you do look at Gettleman's track record, as he mentioned, Dave Gettleman, people forget, he became the general manager of the Panthers in 2013. And I'm not guaranteeing you that success is going to be repeated here. But what I'm proving is track record. He inherited, Jeff, one of the worst salary cap situations when he took over as general manager in Carolina. They were well over the salary cap. And little by little, he cleaned it up. He had to make sacrifices, got rid of some proven veterans. He built it up in the draft, and they ultimately got to a Super Bowl. I am not saying that's automatically going to happen with the Giants. The point is, this is not uncharted territory for Dave Gettleman. He's unfortunately had to deal with these circumstances before. And all I want to say, the last thing I'm going to say about Eli, we're not comparing Eli Manning here to like a Blake Bortles. Okay, I mean, Blake Bortles, I can see if he's making $23 million, what have you done for me lately, Blake Bortles? Goodbye. He's, I mean, Eli Manning is not a Blake Bortles. Blake, Eli Manning can still play football. Blake Bortles is is not a good quarterback. Okay, I'm just, just I'm just trying to make a comparison in the two as far as I know that Eli's a 38, but he still has some good football left in him. As long as, like we said earlier, maybe that conversation with Dave Gettleman was not so one sided. Maybe it was Eli saying, "Dave, what are you gonna do for me? I'm coming back to play here." I need some help. You need to get a right tackle. We got a running back. We need to do this, this. What are you going to do for me to make do improvements? Because I'm getting slaughtered. I'm the scapegoat for this. I'm in the press every single day. Everybody hates me. But the bottom line is I'm a two-time MVP of a Super Bowl, and I have two trophies in the case, and I still have some football left in me. Let's do it. That's basically where they're coming from. And, by the way, build through the draft. Build through the draft. Build through the draft. That's the name of the game for every team. And one last note on the topic of quarterback. Philip Rivers, by the way, Jeff, is 38 years old. You know how many times the Chargers have made the playoffs? They made it twice in the last nine years. For those of you who are caught up on just the quarterback. And you can argue and his numbers are impressive more and, so than maybe Eli Manning. how much Manning. is he making? Philip Rivers, he's right below Eli Manning in terms of average annual salary. So Manning's 13th, Rivers is 14th. The Chargers have made the playoffs twice in the last nine years. And I think that he's, Rivers is going to get a new deal here. He so. is. He's yeah. due for more money. Yeah. So, you know, it's all about perspective. It's not just the Giants on an island when you look at the rest of the league. Well, that is going to wrap things up for us. A Good reminder, show today, boys absolutely. and girls. Great calls. Sorry we didn't get to any tweets. We'll try to answer you off the air. We want to remind you, Big Blue Kickoff Live presented by Coors Light. Download the Coors Light Rewards app to win amazing Giants prices. Prizes, excuse me. Jeff, prices. always a pleasure. Thank you, Lance. As I get those words out of my mouth, thanks to you, the listeners, for tuning in. Big Blue Kickoff Live up and running tomorrow at noon Eastern once again. For Jeff Eagles, I'm Lance Meadow. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday right here on Giants.com. Have a good one.